Welcome to this latest episode in the Herbert Smith Freehills FDI Friday podcast series, in which our foreign direct investment regulation experts are sharing their insights into FDI regimes around the globe. I'm Ruth Allen, a professional support lawyer in our competition, regulation and trade practice in London, and I'm joined today by Marius Berver, who leads our German regulatory practice, and Christian Yonan, a corporate M&A partner who regularly advises on FDI regulation. In today's episode, we'll be looking at what investors need to know about the German FDI regime, which is one of the more active regimes in Europe, with around 300 notifications reviewed per year for the last couple of years, and one which has seen quite a lot of reform and expansion in recent years as well, with further reform on the horizon. Marius, could you start off by giving a brief description of how the German FDI regime works, drawing out the key features that investors need to be aware of? Hi Ruth, and thanks a lot, first of all, for the opportunity to give today a brief overview of the recent German FDI developments. First of all, as always in podcasts like this, we would like to mention that in Germany, there is only the Federal Ministry of Economics and Climate Protection, the ministry we call it, which is solely responsible for screening investments in Germany. Further, the German FDI regime has no extraterritorial angle other than the UK or Italy, so it only kicks in when a German target is being acquired directly or indirectly by a foreign investor. And what is typical for the German FDI regime, we differentiate between three categories of relevance in the context of the FDI filing. There's the sector-specific screening, which covers acquisition of defense and related industry by non-German buyers. And the acquisition is notifiable in case of a minimum of 10% in voting rights are acquired. Then there's the cross-sectoral transaction group covering acquisition of critical infrastructure, among other things, by non-members of the EU or the EFTA. Now we do have a mandatory filing obligation in case an acquirer requires at least 10% related to the critical infrastructure or 20% related to other sectors. And finally, I would like to mention that the ministry has also the right to call the acquisition in without having a filing obligation on the acquirer side. This is possible in case of any acquisition with a minimum stake of 25% in voting rights to be acquired. Thanks, Marius. Could you expand a bit more on the sectors which fall within scope for both that sector-specific screening and also the cross-sectoral screening? We do have a very comprehensive list of relevant sectors which trigger a filing obligation. And we follow, as I just lined out, the categories cross-sectoral and sector-specific. Maybe to give you some examples of the cross-sectoral screening obligations, we have more than, depending on how you count, 50 case groups where you must consider a filing. These cover critical infrastructures and related softwares, cloud computing, telematic infrastructure, media industry, medical and the pharmaceutical industry, critical raw materials, and artificial intelligence, high tech, you, you name it. So it's, it's a bunch of categories in the cross-sectoral screening. And in the sector-specific screening, typically military and advanced technology is called. 
Thanks. And are there any unusual features of the German regime that it's worth calling out at this stage when comparing it to other FDI regimes around the globe? Are there perhaps aspects that investors might not expect to see or which can catch investors out? When comparing the German regime to other jurisdictions, one particularity is that group internal restructurings, uh, subject to certain exceptions, may trigger filing obligations and corresponding review rights of the BMWK. To the contrary, greenfield investments are not subject to investment screening in Germany. When looking at judicial review of BMW K investment screening decisions, it is worth pointing out that within the ministry there is no mechanism for appeal. This means that appeals must be filed at the administrative court in Berlin. Finally, as Marius has said before, the ministry may initiate ex officio investment screenings, even if the relevant transaction is not subject to mandatory filing obligations. Thanks, Christian. And what about sanctions for non-compliance with the regime? Are there sanctions for failure to file, for example, or for completing prior to obtaining formal clearance? Yes, all transactions that trigger a mandatory filing obligation are subject to a standstill requirement. This covers both sector-specific and cross-sector transactions. In practice, this means that a party to an M&A transaction cannot close the transaction prior to the BMWK clearance. Similar to standstill obligations in connection with pending merger control clearances, the FDI standstill obligation in Germany prohibits providing purchaser with any means of influence over or information on the target group. Intentional breaches constitute a criminal offence that is punishable by fines and up to five years imprisonment. Negligent breaches constitute an administrative offensive and may trigger fines of up to 500,000 euros. Moving on to how the regime is actually playing out in practice, can you comment on the types of transactions most likely to attract scrutiny? Are there any trends in terms of the type of deals being reviewed in Germany, for example, particular sectors or particular types of investor, or indeed investment associated with particular countries coming under greater scrutiny? When looking at sectors, the defence sector is always critical, especially in recent times. Further, the list of relevant case groups are constantly amended depending on political focus. For example, in May 2021, the German regime was significantly expanded and 16 new business activities were added to the mandatory filing requirements. These include future and key technologies such as AI, cybersecurity, quantum technology, robotics or autonomous driving. Each following from increasing focus on chips and IT and corresponding investments that spark public attention. And Christian, if I may add uh, some thoughts on the investor part of the question. Even though the government seldomly explicitly refers to China, it is clear that recent Chinese investments in Germany are one of the main reasons for the current FDI regime changes. The FDI regime decisions are not published themselves, but from what is publicly available, we know that all prohibited investments have been related to Chinese investments in Germany. But beyond this specific Chinese angle, I would like to mention that the government underlined in a very recent um, decision that intends to take a close look at takeovers involving significant infrastructure or where there is a risk that relevant technology will be transferred across 
to investors outside the EU boundary. And when transactions are called in for review, how transparent is the review and decision-making process in Germany? Well, as, as just said, there is no, no public register of filings and there is no uh, register where we can look at the decisions. Sometimes the ministry publishes uh, press releases in relation to very prominent cases. But what is very helpful for everybody, um, the ministry recently started to publish facts and figures on German FGI screenings, comprising also the original of the investors and relevant sectors. And just to give you a few figures, in 2022, there were 306 national FDI filings in Germany. To give you a comparison, in 2018, it was 78. From these 306, 262 were related to the cross-sectoral group and 44 to the sector-specific, so the defense group. 110 investors were US-based, 40 investors UK-based, and well, you may say only 37 investors were related to China. And the most relevant sectors we speak about are the IT sector with 78 German targets, health and biotech with 34, engineering 29, energy 18, logistics 14, aviation, aerospace 14, and then it gets way down the lower numbers. Following from those numbers, Marius, while these are transparent, FDI decisions have only recently started to be subject of court proceedings. With that, more but not all details are visible about the review process and reasoning behind the decisions. High-profile cases that we think are worth highlighting are the Siltronic case that goes back to February 2022. In that case, the Taiwanese company Global Wafers planned to take over its Munich-based competitor Siltronic, a manufacturer of silicon wafers, which are a key component for chips. The parties applied for a certificate of non-objection from the BMWK in December 2022. The BMWK then entered into negotiations with the parties on how that transaction could be cleared. Those negotiations took longer than everybody expected. The parties then tried to force a decision from the BMWK by initiating interim court proceedings. However, the court denied to interfere with the FDI screening process led by the BMWK. As ministry clearance was not granted by the agreed long stop date, the acquisition failed, although BMWK did never render a denial decision in substance. The second case we would like to discuss is the Costco case from October 2022. That case was very prominently discussed in the newspapers. The Chinese state-owned company Costco intended to acquire a 35% stake in a container terminal in the port of Hamburg. Following intense political discussions, Costco was allowed to acquire only a 25% stake. The German government considered a higher investment to represent a threat to public order and security. Further restrictions were imposed on Costco, which ensured that Costco's investment in the Hamburg port was a purely financial investment and Costco did not have any means of influence over the Hamburg port. Following the Costco decision, 
Intense political discussion started on whether the port actually should have been considered a critical infrastructure. If that would have been the case, even stricter standard would have applied. Months later, in fact, the port was qualified as critical infrastructure and that standard will apply going forward. A further case that was prominent is the Elmos chip factory case from November 2022. We are highlighting that because the acquisition was supposed to be carried out by a Swedish subsidiary and Minister Habeck made very clear that it is particularly important for Germany's and Europe's technological sovereignty in the semiconductor industry to be protected. Finally, we would like to shed some light on the decision regarding the carrier takeover of Wiesmann's heat pump business um, that was following the application for a certificate of non-objection granted subject to certain conditions, namely that the agreement between Wiesmann and Carrier on securing the future of existing German company sites must be complied with. Thanks, Christian. And in terms of timing of the review process, that's obviously something which is at the forefront of investors' minds as soon as the possibility arises that FDI clearance might be required. What's the time frame for review of transactions under the German FDI regime and how does that play out in practice in terms of the likely impact on the deal timetable? So the German FDI regime has two different phases. Phase one is called the preliminary review phase and phase two the in-depth review. Phase one is lasting up to two months. Within these, the ministry must decide if they want to grant a clearance decision or if they want to initiate phase two. Phase two, the in-depth review, will then last another four months and can be extended for additional three months. So if we have a complicated case within phase two, we can have um, uh, FDI filing, which lasts up to six to nine months. And May I just mention that if no filing was either required or conducted, the ministry is entitled to intervene within two months as of a gained knowledge of a transaction for up to five years after signing, which typically occurs after closing. Thanks. And can the review clock be stopped during that review period, for example, if further information is requested from the parties? Yes, the four months review period of phase two is suspended if the BMWK requests further information in the course of the formal proceedings from any affected party. Or if the BMWK enters into negotiations with the parties on conditions for a clearance. The suspension ends on receipt of the requested information, respectively at the end of negotiations, so that parties rely on the BMWK. Thanks. And in terms of phase one and phase two investigations and trying to predict perhaps what the impact of the review process might be on the overall deal timetable, what proportion of deals are actually cleared at phase one? Well, thanks to the published stats, we have a very clear picture on that. 88% of the filings were decided within phase one and only 12% went to phase two. And in 2022, the ministry took measures, meaning either prohibiting or granting remedies in seven cases, which uh, equate to 2% of the filings. 
Thanks, Marius. Some quite reassuring statistics there. But picking up on those relatively rare cases where remedies are ultimately required, what sort of remedies do you tend to see being imposed in Germany? Can national security concerns usually be dealt with by imposing certain conditions or restrictions on the deal? Or is outright prohibition something that is a real possibility? Prohibitions used to only occur in exceptional cases. However, in 2022, the ministry resorted to prohibition or partial prohibitions in the Elmos, Hayer and Costco cases, as the ministry considered the implementation of conditions only not to be sufficient. When talking about prohibitions, while there was no decision in substance, it is also worth mentioning the Siltronic case that was factually prohibited because the BMWK did not issue the required clearance in time. When looking at the big picture, the overwhelming majority of transactions are permitted, as the case may be subject to conditions where required to address national security concerns. And, and if I just add that there is no formal list of potential remedies, but typically the acquirer guarantees a specific conduct or promises to refrain from specific actions. In our experience, the ministry will typically invite the parties to enter into negotiations on remedies. Thanks. You've both already shared some really useful insights into the way the German FDI regime operates. But could I ask you now to perhaps highlight your top tips for investors in terms of practical guidance for getting the deal done and navigating your way through the regime? Sure. So generally speaking, investors should always consult with their legal advisors who are experienced in German FDI and sort of speak the language of the ministry. It is important that M&A and FDI experts collaborate in steering through the particularities of the investment screening process, also with a view to the overall M&A transaction. In critical cases, investors may also want to consider involving political communication agencies broadening the view beyond the legal framework and setting the right tone can be particularly useful where a transaction is expected to trigger public attention. When there is no mandatory filing obligation, it is worth considering to apply for a certificate of non-objection. This is especially advisable against the backdrop that BMWK may initiate FDI proceedings ex officio in cases where there is no filing obligation. BMWK interests could, for example, be triggered by a press release regarding the transaction. In those proceedings, it is theoretically possible for the BMWK to unwind the transaction also following closing. Further, it is advisable to informally approach the ministry prior to any filings. In those informal pre-filings discussions, investors may ask for guidance in cases where they are unsure whether or not a filing obligation exists. Even though the ministry is not obliged to respond, in our experience, they are very cooperative. Thanks, Christian. That's good to hear. And just finally, are there any other recent developments in Germany that we've not yet covered, which investors need to be aware of, or any particular topical issues which it's important to bear in mind when navigating the German FDI review process? Well, the, the underlying law and the number of the relevant sectors increase constantly, and therefore, FDI filing must be checked in the context of each and any transaction with a German angle. And the next amendments are already becoming visible at the statutory horizon. 
has very recently been decided to introduce for the very first time FDI filing fees starting as of the 1st of January next year. It will not be comparable to what we know from the CFIUS world, but it will be a specific fee related to specific actions and decisions. Further, the government recently published an outline on plans regarding a future single German FDI act, which is also to be expected to be implemented next year. And according to this outline, greenfield investments, in particular security relevant areas, might be covered by the FDI obligation. And in investments in specific security related sectors, the ministry intends to assume that the transaction ought to be considered as security critical, and then the investor would have to prove the opposite. Finally, as the numbers show, the FDI landscape keeps developing and will continue to become even more important in M&A, similar to other filing obligations such as merger control. Thanks, Marius and Christian, for what's been a really interesting discussion today. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for, but thanks to our listeners for joining us. And please do let us know if you have any feedback on this episode or indeed any suggestions for areas to cover in future episodes of FDI Friday. This week, I've also been talking to Hubert Seguin and Chris Terry from our Paris office about the French FDI regime. And that episode is now also live on our website alongside this one. Looking ahead to next Friday, we'll be hearing from our experts in Spain and also in Italy. We do hope you can join us then.